When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. Hey, what's going on Rush Nation? Happy Draft Boxing Day. Second day of the draft and man, last night was a blast. Me and Murph, we're here, we're back. How you doing big man? Yeah, good mate, how are you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. On the up and up? On the up and up, not 100% cleared, but coach uh, coach called me up and said you need to get in here and, uh, and here I am, I'm fit enough to play, so let's roll. We're going for the dub today, every week's a dub with us. That's what we aim for. We'll just sit here and talk, it. We appear to win every week. So, guys, we would really, 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 really appreciate some five-star reviews. Subscribe, hit the little bell button, and then if we do drop some hot content, you're not going to miss it. Yeah, no, it's been, obviously, with me not being quite 100%, we haven't recorded one of our actual shows for about three weeks, nearly three weeks. So, apologies to everyone for that. We get a lot of listens on our show and uh, really appreciate all the feedback a lot of people wrote just to ask how I was doing that was really kind and uh, really appreciate the, uh, the the well wishes I'm, I'm fine um, it's nothing serious it's just a few little things that just happened it started I think with something I ate and then uh, kind of spiraled into a couple of other things <laughs> and it's just like a London bus everything all came at once when you've been waiting ages so um, but no, I'm alright and uh, it's good to be back and yeah, just if you hit the subscribe button, we, we see that with our downloads, we get a sort of a significant push day one, and we sort of get a steady stream for a couple of days, 
it kind of tapers off and then uh, sort of a few days afterwards we we start to pick it up and you know the good thing is with the content at the moment it's not overly time sensitive obviously with things like the the show we're going to do today (laughs) it is a bit more if you listen to this like say next week it's probably not going to have the same kind of wow factor unless you are hiking in Machu Picchu and there is no internet yeah and then on the plane back you get the draft pod from Five Yard Rush boom or if you're Antonio who has moved to Poland and you are constantly working on your garden yeah props to you as well and your real old wheelbarrow, mate, yeah. go to buy a new one. <laughs> Surely, if they don't have any wheelbarrows in Poland, come back over here, come see us, come by the studio, and get a wheelbarrow. Um, it's probably not the most cost-effective solution, but we get to see you, and that would be good. But shout-out, he always is uh, giving us pictures of updates of his garden, which is lovely, um, and you'll see them on our Twitter timeline. Yes, sir. Talking of Twitter, Murph watched a bit of the, well, all of the draft this morning. He blocked himself off from the world... And then I was at work, and my phone was just going, bring, 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 bring. And then I got off the green I was mowing and was able to reply. Did a little reply, and then same thing happened again. And then it was like Murph was watching it in real time, which I suppose you were. Yeah, it, it was. I, I hadn't seen, I literally hadn't seen anything. I put my phone on. Uh, those of you with an iPhone, do not disturb. So it stops uh, notifications coming in. And then a few had managed to sneak through, but they didn't show. So I just swiped left and deleted them. And what was really weird, so I hadn't, I'd stayed off Twitter, I stayed off um, Facebook, I stayed off our Twitter. So a few people did write to us through the night and apologies, I've responded when I'd watched the draft, but I hadn't logged into Twitter, hadn't logged into Facebook. Is my WhatsApp, which normally I'm in so many different groups, I normally get probably several hundred messages a day. Overnight, I've got one. And it was from you at six o'clock this morning saying, when are you coming back into the land of the living? And I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is going on? I got none. I got, yeah, none. I, that's what I mean. I was like, normally I get a ton of messages about games going on and all this. I don't know what happened. I think everyone was stunned by all the action. Or maybe WhatsApp broke. Maybe. Who, who knows what happened? But it was, just, it was just mad. I woke up and I was like, oh, there's only one WhatsApp message. You can't give away that much. And it's from you. And I was like, cool. And I was like, okay, this is this is mad. <laughs> um, so yeah, I watched it like I was watching it live, only it wasn't live. But I didn't know any of the results. I didn't see anything. Um, so I was texting Scott. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it's been a trade. <laughs> it was uh, it was funny. Uh, recommend that if you can't stay up for the draft. In, in my neither way, the ends of months tend to be a little bit busy. So taking them off is a little bit um, tricky. Um, so if you if you can't ever stay up and it makes complete sense just do what i did mute your phone and record it and then watch it the next day believe me you lose absolutely none of the excitement how how long was it like the program four and a half hours now i'm not gonna lie i skipped bits first of all i got to skip all the adverts there's probably about an hour's worth of adverts in that so they're all gone um i skipped i'll be honest with you i skipped all the pre-game well, no one really needs to see any of that. It's just it hit it's me just, with number it's one. Nothing. There was no new information. I, I still fast forward. It's like who were the top quarterbacks in the draft? Who were the top cornerbacks? Uh, who were the top this? Who's Bucky Brooks' top five? I mean, if you listen to podcasts, you kind of even know most of this. Kind of what people are thinking. So um, then it did the national anthem. I skipped that. Um, really cool pictures. It's so if you haven't watched the the content and you can find pictures, it looks incredible. So it's outside on like. It's Music City, so they've got all these bars and 
uh, restaurants and stuff, everything's playing music. And it just had, like, I don't know how many people. I, I hate to guess. 100,000, 200,000 people. I don't actually know. But it, they literally just line the streets. It goes back for miles. And they built this big stage, like, right at the front. And I didn't realise at first, because it was obviously dark at 8 o'clock. Well, there was still a bit of light in, that it was all outside. <laughs> I just thought it was like because we used to sing it inside. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Like it was, it was really cool to watch. Um, but yeah, it was. If you can't watch it live, mute. Just mute all communication. Get up first thing and watch it. it you don't lose any of the effect and all the magic. And it was, it was great. Well, I, so I didn't watch it because my alarm went off at half past three. I get up at quarter to five. Mm. My alarm went off at half past three because that's when the program started on Sky, whatever it was that I could see on my box. So I thought, right, I'll get up at half past three and watch whatever part of it that was. My alarm went off and I was like, do you know what? Nah. <laughs> so then I thought, I'll just see the result when I get up. And um, yeah, that's when I saw the news. It was, it was, it was I mean, we'll, we'll get to it and we'll get to the, um, we'll get to the draft and we'll talk about that in a bit. But what I'm amazed with is the narrative that the number one pick which in its own right, and if you don't know, spoilers are going to be in this show. So, um, <laughs> is that that's not getting all the headlines, <laughs> considering it's quite a controversial pick. Oh, massively so. Oh, it's amazing. Um, the trouble is, I think it got built up so much to the point where people were a bit like, meh. Do you know, do you know there was so much hype about it. and I, I, I owe, I think we both owe some form of an apology, but I think we'll keep that until... We get to. I'm not saying sorry for nothing. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind eating humble pie, but I think we'll get to it when we talk about the draft. I think I'm gonna save it for a little bit. Errors were made, man. Of course, but we'll get to that. Let's not jump ahead. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, I tell you what. Shout out to Paul Brown for and your good and your good self, man, for organising the draft at the Hippodrome on Bank Holiday, my Easter Monday. Monday yeah. Um, it was wicked. Like eight, 70, 80 people turned up, and we did a thirty-two round, well, first round mock. Roger, three round mark. Roger was there with his ref throwing flag about, and yeah. it was wicked. Three rounds, yeah. It was Sorry. an incredible event. Um, I, I don't deserve a lot of credit. I, I found some people to, to come along and, and um, promote it, but Paul did all the work. He he got the venue. He tried to get uh, all sorts of people involved. He videoed it. You know, kudos to him. It was an incredible effort to um, put together a, an event of that size. It doesn't sound like a lot of people, but it. That is quite significant. And what was incredible is I posted some of the photos that were taken and um, some of the results. And we just got some love from like all over Twitter. Um, JC Cornell, the Draft Network, all the Draft Network, Carl Krabs, uh, Benjamin Solak, they all tweeted us saying like how amazing it was. People want to come over. We spoke about it with Jeff on our Tuesday pod. He's like, Man, love to be there. Um, so next year could be next year could be properly huge. good. Yeah, Carl Crabs like yeah, the, the, get me over here. Ben Solo same. He's like yeah, let, let's try and work it out. So that'd be incredible. Um, I think there is talks of it being April in 2020. We'll find out when that is um, with Paul. But yeah, incredible event. Well done, Paul. It's uh, brilliant. And there's so many listeners that we spoke to there. That was just awesome. There were some people that we had spoken to on podcasts and. People we've conversed with, and so uh, it, it was like wear your colours sort of thing. If you had a jersey, wear it. If you were one of the GMs, represent you guys. So I had my Broncos jersey on, my snapback was on, had my headphones on, and I stood. Where was I stood? Uh, less no, 
I was waiting for my train anyway, on the Piccadilly line, at Green Park I was, and I just stood there minding my business on the platform because it was seven minutes till the Cockfosters train. I was thinking, what is this joke? I'm in the middle of London, I'm waiting seven minutes for a trip. Anyway, don't get me started. I'm just minding my business. And this guy rocks up next to me and he's wearing a check shirt and a backpack and some jeans. And he looked at me in a way that he wanted to talk to me. So I was like, I took my headphones off and I was like, hi. And he said, you going to the event? Like shady underground. I said, what, the Paul Brown on at Hip Jam? He's like, yeah, yeah. So I said, yeah, obviously you're going. And he said, um, so I asked him if he was GMing and he said, yeah, I'm a Jags fan. And then he got a hat out of his bag and he said, we were talking about that. So I, I said, I, mean, I just mentioned that on our podcast, I didn't say what it was. And then he said, oh, you sound sort of like the guy from Five Yard Rush. I was like, that's me, that's me. So first little bit of fame on uh, Green Park Tube Station platform. <laughs> it was awesome. I had a few people come up to us at the event and they were talking to me and saying like, oh, you're nothing like how I thought you would be. And I was like, in what way? Like, you just sound like you don't look like how you sound. Yeah, but that happens. And it sounds like such a random thing. Like, uh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, but that's because you know how you look, and I know you, and you know me. Whereas when you see, when you watch or listen, sorry, any podcast, and you think you don't sound anything like like Daniel Jeremiah would never have painted him to look the way he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get that. It's 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 just a funny thing to. It's how would you ever know what anybody looks like if you never see a picture of them? You just hear them. But it was cool. Um, some really cool people we met up with. Uh, people from fellow podcasts. Um, Lee was there, and Rob from the Full Ten Yards. Um, Claire the Bear was there. Claire the Bear was there. We were running event with which hopefully we'll get her on uh, very, very soon. When do we so need to mention that? We can mention it whenever. Well, we just talked about it, so go for it. Tell we're, me. we're doing a, a contest with uh, Claire the Bear. Um, there is uh, not just one. There's, there's two prizes, um, which is really cool. Um, so we donated some stuff. Um, some and, swag, and if you will. swag, and, and Claire, obviously... Let's put this together. Um, if you don't know who Claire DeBear is and you're not following her, I don't know why. She basically, about once a month, sometimes a bit more, uh, and in the season she does it, she tries to do one weekly or every other week. Um, she does giveaways based on prizes, um, based on teams. And we said we'd really like to work with her, and she was yeah, absolutely really want to work with you guys. Um, so we've come together, we donated some stuff, and basically because of the draft, we've based it on the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so there are two prizes. You get a choice of the prizes, so it's not just assigned, which is also pretty cool. The choice between a full size. Is not it full mini, size? No, it's a full size. Oh, I can't win this. That's annoying. It's a full size <laughs> Arizona Cardinals helmet. So it's not one of the mini ones. It is the, the full size. You can wear it literally around your house if you want to. Um, prize value of that is probably around about 100 to 120 pounds in its own right. And then the second prize is. There's a collection of stuff. So there's a hat, there's uh, a cosy, beer cosy, uh, key rings, um, some cards, a badge. I think it's a, I think it's a banner uh, in there. There's also a mystery part of that prize as well. I think there's a mini helmet that you hang like almost like as a Christmas decoration. Um, shout out to my brother-in-law uh, and sister-in-law because for the last two years they've got me one of those Christmas hanging Bucks helmets you wear, have as Christmas decoration. Um, they got me the one this year because they'd forgotten they gave me one the year before. If you're a new follower to us and a new listener, because we've picked up uh, several hundred followers since we've last been recording together and recording one of our shows, so thank you so much if you're new to the show. We pick up new listeners every week. Um, really great to, to see, but it ends on the 3rd of May, so make sure that you, you enter. The instructions are, are pretty straightforward. You've just got to follow Claire the Bear, 
which is at Claire the Bear eighty five on Twitter, and follow us on Twitter and retweet the tweet that's out there. So to give you an idea, it's we wanted to partner with her for the draft. If you don't know who she is, she does regular giveaways in the off season. It's about once a month or so. In a regular season, it tends to be a little bit more than that. Um, she gives away a lot of stuff. Um, that's very very cool. Um, a lot of it is. Uh, quite limited. It's not openly available. Quite so a lot like, of the stuff right. she gets when she meets players and stuff, they sign it. And then... Yeah. So she gets a lot of stuff that she gets signed and she's very diligent of of the giveaways that she does that if she only gets one thing signed, it goes in the giveaways. It's not something that she keeps. If she gets multiple things signed, um, as long as she's got something always for the giveaway, then you know she's fine. But she puts the giveaway before her own needs and she's genuinely a, a wicked person and a great follow. Um, but she does really cool giveaways. This one is is brilliant. We've partnered. We've um, contributed some stuff for this. Um, you get to choose the prize. There's two prizes. There might even be a third, depending on how many people enter. So the more people that enter, the chance there is of a third prize, which would be awesome. The uh, What I think is the key prize, the marquee prize, the one I would choose, we can't win it, obviously, is it's a full-sized Arizona Cardinals helmet. Full-sized. Not one of the mini ones. Not one you hang on your tree. It's a proper full size. You can wear it around your house uh, and crash into walls if you like. Don't recommend that, so please don't do it. Um, but helmet. if you do, tweet at Five Yard Rush and let us know how that. Oh gets yeah, we we'll, we'll retweet that out because um, <laughs> we like uh, chapery like that. Um, the other prize is an Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think it's a salute to service hat. It's got the camo on it. Um, there's, um, I think it's like a banner. There's a beer koozie. There's our Five Yard Rush. Um, Patch. Patch that's in there, cards, key rings, um, badges, uh, a little Christmas decoration, uh, if you want to use that, or just a mini helmet that you can hang uh, on there. And there is also a, a mystery prize in there, uh, which might become the, the third prize as well, uh, depending on what happens. So um, please do get following. Uh, we retweet this out. It'll be somewhere on our timeline. I'll retweet it out again before the show. Um, so please do uh, enter. It costs you nothing. Uh, rules are really simple. You've just got to follow us, follow Claire de Bear, retweet the the message. It, it's not hard. Twenty seconds. Um, and some people, Claire, have been telling us, um, have won really cool stuff. Someone won like signed Redskins gear, I think, and uh, didn't follow her, and therefore didn't win the prize. Um, so it's really straightforward. It's not difficult to do, um, and you can win. And someone has to win it. So I, you know, let's hope it's one of you guys that listen uh, to us so uh, if you're new to the podcast thanks for joining thanks for listening and if yeah as Chris said before if you could leave us a five star review that would be amazing well we're almost 20-ish minutes in Murph we've got back together and we've basically talked without getting into today's show sheet so it's pretty standard for us you're looking at me like you've got some breaking news no no no, no. I don't have any breaking news I'm just pulling up the, the notes right then so let's talk some news quickly and I mean real quick we'll start with stuff that doesn't really matter well you know, the stuff that it does matter, but it's not important today. So the Jags have exercised their fifth year option on first round talent, Jalen Ramsey. No surprise there. Well, Ra- there's lots of talk he was going to get traded. Um, but if you've got the option, exercise it. Yeah. Now, the Ravens announced Wednesday that they've agreed terms on a four year extension for 20 million with all pro kicker Justin Tucker. Keeps him in purple and black through to 2023. Or extra kicker news. Uh, <laughs> and this is funny. Veteran kicker Robbie Gold has informed the Niners that he will not negotiate or sign a long-term deal in San Fran and has expressed a desire to be traded. I love this. Pull the old Antonio Brown move as a kicker. I think it's amazing. Let's just see what happens. 
Does he want to go back to the Bears? I don't even know where he wants to go. Tampa. We got kicker. We're fine. We got well, yeah, but you need a little. You need a kick. A more rangy kicker. We've had this discussion in my recent ridiculous draft I was doing. So what are you on about? We've got a. Um, we've got um, Pinion who can do that, and he's going to take our kickoffs. All Save right. the kicker for the actual kicking. Beast mode is retired. Moved on two years in Oakland. And yeah. Fair play. Yeah, sad. Sad. I think he's uh, going to be a bit of a loss to the organization and to the league as a whole. But great career, and uh, yeah, good luck to him. Uh, locker room poison. Big Ben has agreed to contract extension through to the 2021 season. Something like 65 million. Yeah, 63, 65 million. I don't know how much of that's guaranteed. I think 35 of it's guaranteed. So, yeah. so there's option to him to retire in the next year or two if he needs to. Uh, talking of quarterbacks with money, Russell Wilson became the highest paid salaried player average in the NFL. Four years, 140 million dollars, and just a casual 107 in guaranteed. Yeah. By the way, I got a lot of respect for Russell Wilson, and I think he's a he's a great dude and good quarterback. And I haven't got many bad words to say to him. But if you're going to go on Instagram to announce that you've done a deal, do it properly. <laughs> either do it properly. Don't do it when you've just had sex with your wife. Is that how it happened? Yeah, they clearly had just they'd been in bed together. That's because he just got paid. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I get the desire of that, but put on some clothes. Don't do it from the marital bed. Put a bit of effort into it. It was weak. <laughs> so, and no one needs to see it. No. We don't. get you're a rich dude that gets to do something that is absolutely incredible that only 32 guys, maybe 40 in a season, get to do in the world, which is incredible. And yes, you're married and you've got you know, a good-looking wife and kids and everything, a big house. Don't rub it in our faces. Just, like, <laughs> just do a short little Snapchat or Instagram video and just like make it cash. Go Hawks. right so where are we oh yeah okay so Chris Harris standoff with the Broncos is coming to a head the cornerback has requested either a new record contract from the Broncos or a trade out of town that's from NFL's James Palmer don't trade him Denver just pay the guy he's one of the best corners in the league I think he wants something like 15-16 million a year a lot of money at corner yeah no for sure no disagreements there I just think with Vic Fangio in town picked up a decent couple of corners in um, free agency, the draft. We had a brilliant first round. We'll talk about that in a minute. Just sign the man. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I think it's the, the problem we're starting to get to now in the NFL is player power is real. And people are really now starting to force the envelope. And I'm all for players getting paid. I think players deserve to get paid the, the money they do. Um, <clears throat> I will always say sometimes that I think sometimes players get overpaid mm-hmm. um, for what they deliver and what they do. It's, it's about timing and a bit of luck. Um, for me, there are some players that are grossly overpaid for what they contribute in line with, um, you know, giving an example, uh, Eli Manning, Blake Bortles. You know, those guys are getting paid very similar money to guys like Andrew Locke. Uh, oh, Andrew Luck, not Andrew Locke. I've got Drew Locke on the brain for some reason. There's uh, a hybrid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Andrew. I mean, even Winston. I mean, at least it's his rookie deal in first year, but you know, he's earning nearly twenty-one mil this year. And you think, well, and the, all this is doing is the market's going to keep going up as the as the salary cap goes up. But it's you, it's still not a reason to pay average players elite money. So that's my only thing. But Chris Harris is a guy who deserves it. So uh, yeah, if you can find the salary cap to make it work, pay the guy. So here's the next couple of bits of news that drastically hurt the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, going back to Kareem Hunt, 
doing what he did last season, not great for them. And then D Ford moved on, Justin Houston moved on, so they decided they needed pass rusher, so they went and got Frank Clark, who came from the Seahawks. He got traded to the Chiefs in exchange for their first round pick this year, a second round pick next year, and they also swapped third rounds this year. Clark then went on to sign a five-year, $105.5 million contract, which is more than Tank Lawrence. Yeah, half a million more. I don't know how the guarantees haven't quite released all the details of the deal. Frank Clark isn't as good as Tank Lawrence. I don't. This is going to be an arguable take. I don't think he's as good as D Ford. No, I don't, no, I think, me neither. I mean, based you... on if you get last year's D Ford, the problem with D Ford is he had one great year and it was in his contract year. But maybe he just kind of figured out what to do. Maybe that was his breakout year and he's uh, going to be that good going forward. Who who knows? But do I think Frank Clark is a drastic upgrade on D Ford? No. D Ford's getting paid, I think, thirty million less over the price of his contract, and I thought D Ford did well to get the kind of money he did. This is just madness. Like you're talking about putting yourself in a salary cap hole, and I don't think Frank Clark is that kind of difference maker to be earning that kind of money. And I don't know how much of this is guaranteed. So, as much as that is an overwhelming figure, he might only have like four. I doubt it, but he might only have something like. 40, 45 million guarantees. In which case, it's not so bad. But it's what the contract is made up of. And because the end of the collective bargaining agreement is next year, they're having to front load this contract. So in the next two years, this guy's going to get an awful lot of money. And that is going to be a real problem if you think now with the other piece of news you kind of sort of dropped and we'll talk about in a second. They're going to need to go out and start replacing some guys. It's going to be hard. And then what they've got they got to pay Mahomes. Yeah. they got to pay Mahomes in, what, two years? Maybe three if you extend his option. But you can't let that guy get to five years. Nope. You're going to have to renew him at the end of year three, if not in his fourth year. So you're talking less than two years. And if you think that Frank Clark is worth $105.5 million, Mahomes, if he continues on the pace he is, he's going to want $150, $160, million. And if he recreates in the next two years what he's done this year... You're gonna have to. You're gonna pay. have to pay it, and you just think you're gonna spend so much your salary cap on those two players. Mahomes, I understand. He's a guy that could get you a ring. He got you the number one seed last year. If 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 you have to pay him seventeen, eighteen percent of the cap, and he's elite, I get that. Like I, that's still an awful lot of money. But, of course it is. But when they're elite players, you've got to pay them elite money. No, 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 I don't, don't but, disagree. But Frank Clark is just... So they gave away their first round pick in the Frank Clark deal. And then the Tyreek Hill news broke yesterday on draft day. Now, he's been suspended indefinitely by the Chiefs after a tape was released last night, draft night. It transpires that Hill's fiance recorded the tape as an insurance policy and then passed it to a friend. And then after Tyreek Hill was sort of not let off, but he wasn't charged because there wasn't there was irrefutable evidence as to who could be... They didn't know who who had committed the crime. They admitted a crime had happened with uh, their son who had broken his arm, but they didn't know who had committed it. So in the in the time being, their son has not lived with them for a few weeks now. He's been taken away. He's living with somebody else. I assume family, but you don't know at this stage. Um, and then this tape comes out, which I mean, there's some disturbing content. We listened to it before we came on on air. Um, it's not good listening. It, it's not good listening. And it's just a case of he doesn't openly admit to saying that he broke his son's arm. Um, the tape says that, according to his fiance, that daddy did it, daddy broke my arm. 
and apparently that's repeated. Um, that could be her trying to save her skin. I don't know. He doesn't openly admit to, you know, he does deny that, you know, three-year-olds say that. He says he blames me for lots of things. And that might be true. He doesn't, he seems to at least put up some form of a defense to that. The part of the tape that was disturbing was he basically admits to punching his child in the chest and using a belt of some form for discipline. I don't know if that's whacking him with it or whatever. And he says, well, how else do you show discipline? And then he even turns to his fiance and says, well, you, you smack him. You give him discipline. Like, that is horrifying. Yeah, it is. If it's true, the guy should be locked up. They should both should. I mean, if you know, child abuse is now being a dad and it is awful. I can't even contemplate. I mean, little H, he doesn't do anything yet because he's only six months old. But even when he's crying his face off and whatever, because he's either ill or upset or just in a mood because he's too tired, I've never not once thought about any form of abuse. No. And it doesn't matter how old he gets. I, I, I don't think I've, it's not in me because I don't believe in it. And they should be locked up. And I think what will happen is his fiance's released this tape because she doesn't want to go down for as much of it as he will. So she's trying to cover her back, like we mentioned, and the DA will use that. They'll say to her, look, what can you provide us in leverage to get him properly and you'll get a reduced sentence or whatever it is. However, that happens over there. I'm not quite sure. But with Kansas City giving up their first round pick in the Frank Clark trade, Tyreek Hill, I, I'm calling it now. I think he's cooked. Yeah, He's not playing football ever again. I, I really hope not. Um, again, it's a bit of a stretch. I think it depends if he goes to jail or not. Because we've just seen Kareem Hunt enter the league. Um, okay, he wasn't criminally charged, but he had almost no time out of football. He missed the playoffs. And then he's he's back with a team. He's got an eight-game ban, and then he's back. And But does, does Tyreek Hill's previous not make this worse? Kareem Hunt also had previous. I suppose, yeah, that's true. So it, I don't think... This, this is the thing. You're sitting here, you, I, I think because as a child, it's worse, but... Cream Hunt hit a woman. I'm not. I'm not saying it's. And like, it's, it's hard to judge which one is. I mean, you would, you would look. You would hear the sounds of this and say this is this is worse and and fine. But my problem is that these are two guys that were drafted by the same general manager, and his general manager is John Dorsey, who's no longer at the the Chiefs. He's now with the Browns. He's then signed Cream Hunt, and this is a GM that isn't bothered about character issues. He generally just doesn't care. He's like, they're a talent talent comes before character and that's a concern and i the problem is the the nfl has such an image ray rice and all these things that have happened over the years we could name hundreds the only way you're going to really knock these things on the head is to really consider giving these guys contracts and i'm all for rehabilitation i'm all for giving people second chances people were in school uh, tyrone matthews a great example of a player who was expelled from lsu he made a lot of mistakes. His were more personal, um, a lot of it drug-related. Um, I'm not saying that excuses it or makes it any better, but it wasn't bringing harm to, say, someone else in a physical manner. He got kicked out of school. He got drafted by Arians, and he turned his life around. And that that guy is a model football player. Character, none of that. And he was a kid. I'm all for... Mistakes happening and they're being kids, but these people need to be evaluated properly. And at the first sign of impropriety, 
they need to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And Tyreek Hill has been given the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt. And I agree you can't persecute someone without evidence, but there isn't smoke without fire. I just, I hate having to talk about these sorts of things and hear about these sorts of issues. And I think the only way you stamp it out is you don't take a guy with character issues. You just, no matter how big the talent, you just got, GMs have just got to commit to not taking these guys if there's that much of a character problem. Yeah. That, I mean, you don't hear about these indiscretions in other sports. You think of England, you think of the UK. You know, I, I watch a lot of Premier League, I go to games. And listen, there's improprieties. People make mistakes, people have indiscretions. A lot of it's gambling, or there's a extramarital affairs, there's, um, you know, a guy got done for giving a Hitler salute and then saying he didn't understand what the Hitler salute was and he'd like to learn more. All right. Very rarely do you ever hear of a Premier League player causing physical violence. There has been one recently, a manager hitting another manager, but it's a guy who's a known thug and I don't think he should have been in the game. But you don't hear about these sorts of things in the Premier League. You don't hear about players hitting other people. Um, you don't hear about it in other sports. You don't really hear about it happening in baseball players or um, NBA. It's, it seems to be an NFL thing. And I'm not saying it's the NFL's fault, but the way that it's allowed to continually happen in air, it's got to be looked at. So that's smoke without fire. The fire is now that the Chiefs don't have a first-round pick. They didn't, sorry, have a first-round pick. They do have two second rounds, so they're picking at 61 and 63. 63 coming from the Rams trade. They're going to need to draft a receiver. Uh, I I don't even know who they're receiving. They've got Sammy Watkins, obviously. Um but he has proven that he's not a one. He doesn't. He doesn't have the. All right, he's got the skill set coming out of college. He was highly drafted, but he he's proven that he isn't a one in the NFL. Can't stay healthy. Made of biscuit. Rule of sixteen. Five yard. Don't touch him. I mean, I'm not saying he can't be a wide receiver. Four flex. Cover you in a deeper league, but as a one or two, no, thank you. They need to pick up a wide receiver. Do you think they use some of that of of, of as leverage or? Do we do we see them just wait and hope that somebody of quality makes it? Because it is a deep wide receiver class. Yeah, well, they they got the sixty one and the sixty three tonight. I wouldn't be overly surprised they take somebody. Well, they have to. Um, so that's a no brainer for do me. You think? Well, you, you're thinking they move up? No, no, no. If <clears throat> if they move up, I understand that now because they have lost. Well, Tyreek Hill was stated to be the highest paid receiver. He was working on a contract for the highest paid receiver in the league. Yeah, I didn't think he was worth... No, no, but what I'm saying is they obviously valued his skill set. Now, if you take him out, you you took their all down, three three down, sorry, Cowbell back out, Hunt's gone, Damian Williams, can he do stuff? Yeah, sure, but he's not Kareem Hunt. You then take Tyreek Hill out of the situation, all of a sudden, Mahomes, as good as he is, goes from having three absolute locked and loaded weapons at their top positions to Kelsey. They're going to have to take a receiver. Whether it move up or whether they take one at 61, one at 63, we'll have to wait and see for tonight. But they are going to take a receiver, and it's just whether one of the good receivers... I mean, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of good receivers. But... Yeah, there is. And it's a flat class, so the quality is fairly similar across the top 10, 15 receivers, I would say. But my biggest question with this whole receiver class, and we'll get into it in a minute, is I think there's a lot of very good receivers. A lot of people talking about it being a very deep class in receivers, and I'd go along with that. How many true ones are in this class? I'll be honest, I don't think there's many. No, 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 there isn't. And one of the people who fits the role that Tyreek Hill plays quite brilliantly, Hollywood Brown, went last night. Yeah, so I, I look at who you've got left over 
Metcalf, AJ Brown, Hakeem Butler. Yeah, but let's be honest, Metcalf didn't go round one because he wasn't the best receiver in the class. No. But he's not, I don't think he lost the 61. Do you? Do you think he lost three before the end of the round? I wouldn't take him, but my my views on him is he is a triumph of of almost style over substance. He's a big guy. He's a huge guy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm... But I don't. I don't really look at his tape and think it gives me a lot of confidence. No. Um, I mean, you know, King Butler. He's a bit better than DK Metcalf. He's only had one season of production in college. I tell you what, I would do if I if I'm the Chiefs now, and I'm thinking about this from a, a talent evaluation piece. I'd be sitting there thinking, okay, there's guys in this draft I could pick up. I'd be sure I'd probably use something to get someone. If I'm truly honest, I'd be exploring a trade. For an already established wide receiver? 100%. I, I would be looking at a player who you can make available with good options. Um, I don't know who that player is. Um, <laughs> I've, I'm just thinking of teams out loud who have receivers that don't overly use them to their full strengths. I'm thinking uh, Jacksonville, Miami have got receivers that are probably serviceable um yeah but they're not studs are they that's the thing i don't think you're going to get a stud i think that my argument is that you could take one of these wide receivers but i don't see a wide receiver left in this class and think that they're a one no i don't don't think there's one the only player in my book and this is my book this isn't an expert view that i would look at this and say has the potential to be a one and it's a bit of a stretch, but I think has it is Hakeem Butler. I don't think I, I really like Paris Campbell. I think he's going to be a good receiver. I really like uh, Debo Samuel. I think he's going to be a good receiver. And I think he is. I'd, I'd say Debo Samuel is almost like the most bust proof. I think he'll have a fine career, but a fine career is a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I don't think he is a a true one. Emmanuel Hall isn't. Um, Andy Isabella again really like the player don't think he's a one uh, Terry McLaughlin same thing don't think he's a one Kelvin Harmon I just wouldn't touch with a barge pole the, I tell you actually there's a player here JJ Arcega Whiteside could be he could be a one I've seen him from Stanford I think he's a top player I wonder what the chances are that Kansas turn around and say look we've got possibly one of the greatest quarterbacks you know certainly of our generation if Mahomes continues on his current trend they think last year our defense did enough. We've got a pass rusher now in Frank Clark. We've still got Travis Kelsey. Williams, obviously, they rate because they extended him. Do you think they now turn around and say, well, okay, we've got two picks at the end of the second. Let's take two receivers. No. And go, taking, they won't take two. There's no way. They, they either package them up to go and get the guy they love or they fill in. They've got other positions of need. They they need to think about they I mean their secondary is pretty poor and this is a good cornerback class and there's a chance a good cornerback gets to them. Oh yeah, no at sixty one. Um they need for me safety help. There, there's a good chance a good safety gets there. Not many of these guys, you've got one cornerback and a couple of safeties that come off the board. I I don't think you can bet the bet the farm on a rookie wide receiver who, by the way, as we've talked about on this show many times Rookie wide receivers do not overly deliver in this class, like in the NFL, not anymore. And and you haven't got the OBJs, the Mike Evans, the AJ Greens. You haven't got that elite style player that is going to go out there and put up. And I listen, I could be completely wrong on this, but 
I look at the receivers in this class, and if any of them put up fifteen hundred yards this year, I'll be shocked because don't see it. That's you fair. might get someone get a thousand, one maybe, but I don't. I don't see it. So if you're the Chiefs and you're going to take a rookie wide receiver, which I kind of get, you still got you still got a problem because yeah, that well, kid's got to learn the playbook. He's got to learn the roots. He's got to learn the offense. He's got to connect with Mahomes. That takes time. If you're in a Super Bowl window, which they kind of put themselves in, you can't rely on a rookie wide receiver to get you over the line. So I, th- I think you know your better option is look who's available and try and trade for someone. Trades happen. That we, I never thought I'd see a window where OBJ and, and Antonio Brown would get traded within days of each other. That's very true. So with for the right price and the right leverage, anybody's available. We've we've seen this. You could get a guy. It's just. You got to find the guy. You got to identify him, and you got to get him. Yeah. Well, it's, it seems to be some form of I don't know. It's almost like they're still digging the hole. I mean, they could turn around tonight when they draft a couple of players. And but if Tyreek Hill does get found guilty and is out of the league, they've lost a severe weapon as part of their offense. And I think if you're an owner of Tyreek Hill, you've unfortunately got yourself a donut. You know, he, he's going to be doing nothing for you. Yeah, I mean, very, very much so, and that's what you've got to be. Um, that's what you've got to be careful of. Um, if you're an owner of of Tyree Kill, you can wait and see what happens. But try and shop him now to somebody who hasn't seen the news. <laughs> well, I think even if they've seen the news, you can you can say, well, look, he's not gone yet, and, and see what you can get. Yeah, you, know, that's you can true. point to the Kareem Hunt situation. Look, these guys rebound pretty quickly, um, and see what you can get. I wouldn't say give him away for absolutely nothing, but I guess it's, it's see what happens. Um, but if if the Chiefs need to do something, their chances of getting a receiver in a trade is far great, and, and having success is going to be far higher than getting a receiver in this class who's going to be a one who is going to take them to the playoffs and put up 1,500 yards of production, or just even to replace 80% of Hill's production last year. And you got to factor in the kickoff returns to that as well because he was a huge part of that. Yep, I don't see it. Difficult to try and find somebody to replicate what he does on the field for sure. A hundred percent. So I think you need to think about that. But Andy Reid is an offensive genius, and if anyone can make it work, he will. Right then, Murph, come on. We've we've procrastinated long enough. Let's get into the first round of the draft. Now you wanted to say sorry about the first pick. Yeah, I'd been saying for months, shot people down on this podcast like Charlie, who uh, openly. Uh, told me this was going to happen. I just didn't buy it. Um, Mate, look, Jeff Reinbold came on and said it was not going to happen. Yeah, I, lots of people started to, to say in the last few days it wasn't going to happen. I think I think it, whilst Rosen was on the roster, I could not see Kyler Murray go to one because I just could not believe a team would shoot that much value, it, just shoot it down, and give that much power to a rookie, um, a rookie coach. But... The Arizona Cardinals, and I tell you what, I watched. I watched the coverage. I have never seen a less enthusiastic. Well, that's a lie. There's another team we'll get to, but the, the just the fact that they all stood. The, the commentary said at one point they weren't sure if they were watching a live stream or a photograph because no one was moving. They're on the clock. I appreciate they put the pick in probably a minute in, and they were probably taking the time to print the show. I don't know. I get that. But they just look so unenthused. Yeah, like, yeah. you're taking your franchise quarterback. You're taking the guy who you think is going to turn your 
um, franchise around. And he's there in the room. And the whole thing was just blah. They didn't really react. Kyler Murray, by the way, his attitude stinks. His interview, I just, it was the most disingenuous interview I've ever heard. He stood there with prime time. Prime was like, oh, I bet you're glad you've picked football now. Like, you sticking at football, like, this is it for you. And he was like, yeah, I just want to praise God. And yeah, I just, I always knew I'd be here. And this is, this was always my dream. I, he just says it in such a monotone, lack of emotion, lack of enthusiasm. It just was so disingenuous. I just think you have just been selected the number one overall player in the draft. And he looked like he was turning up to go to work. And not like a, I'm going to work in the NFL, but I'm going to go sit behind a desk for the next nine hours and drink stale (laughs) coffee and type stuff in my computer. He just looks so unenthused with the whole thing. I'm like, I mean, Baker didn't even go last year. Baker sat at home. But at least there was like a big cheer and he looked happy and he looked a bit emotional and he was like, yeah, he's pumped. And he always thought he was going to be number one. And I guess Kyler, it's just like an arrogant, yeah, so what, I'm number one, big deal. So I suppose we should mention that Kyler Murray becomes the first ever player to be drafted in the top ten of the MLB and NFL, which is, you know, the guy is obviously talented. Oh, and I've said this on this podcast, I, I don't question his talent. He's going to be a good quarterback. Do I think he's going to be an elite quarterback? I don't necessarily think so, but I think he's going to be a good a good, exciting quarterback. He makes Arizona a more exciting team. But I don't like his attitude. No, I mean, I listened to a couple of interviews on another podcast and he's bored the life out of me. Yeah. Just from his interviews and you think, come on, son, you're about to be franchise quarterback, the number one overall pick in the NFL. Have a bit of spring in your step. like. Well, just, do you know what? It's, it's Some guys don't get overly excited and I won't necessarily hold him to that. But show a bit of humility. Show a bit of excitement to go to a franchise where they've just basically turned around to their franchise quarterback from a year ago who they promised the world to and basically said, there's a door, see you later. And so, well, let's talk about Rosen then. Well, what happens now? Well, they haven't traded him. They've now got two quarterbacks on the book and Rosen's value dives because people know they need to get rid of him. Or do they keep him? So, so they... if, I, if, I'm, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals right now, I have a price in my head of what he's worth. It's probably no longer a first. Let, let's be real about it. So let's say it's a second round pick next year. But it he's not getting traded tonight, I don't think. So if I'm the Arizona Cardinals right now, their market for Rosen went from being four or five teams to one, maybe two. There, well, there, there ain't many teams that are going to be in the market for Josh Rosen. So you might as well sit there. He's not going to cost you all that much and just... Let it play out. You might as well play the long game on it now. Like you've you've tanked the value, and you might as well wait until someone gets desperate. Um, I wonder if the Denver Broncos have considered giving up their second, which they got last night, in place of Rosen. And then, because people have said if Rosen came out this year, he'd be the number one quarterback. And then you don't have to worry about next year's draft class where you where you get to to picking or whether you have to trade up to get one of the good guys. Do you turn around and say, well, this second was free because of the trade down from five, sorry, from 10 to 20 with the Steelers? Do we now, do we give that up if Josh Rosen is available for that second? Do I, we... I hadn't thought about that as a landing spot, but that would make a lot of sense. Sit behind Flacco. Yeah, sit behind Flacco for a few months. There are, for me, uh, if okay, here, here are the teams I'm sitting there thinking in my head that it would make sense to go and get Josh Rosen. Right, not right now, but in between now and 
the start of the season. I could actually name probably five teams. Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. to be the Fitzpatrick replacement or to let him compete with Fitzpatrick for the job and just see who gets it. And they got a lot of 2020 second round picks. Um, they've been stacking the 2020 draft. So they could give up one of those and get Rosen. Makes sense. I, don't, I think it's not a bad proposition there. Yep. San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. Phil Rivers is getting old. Trade a second round pick next year and get Josh Rosen. Let him have a year under Phillip. Don't think it's a bad thing. Then you've just mentioned Denver. I hadn't really thought of Denver as an option. That would make sense. Patriots? I don't... Yeah, the Patriots potentially could make... I can't see them giving up a second round pick. But yeah, that would... The only thing I would say with that is I don't think him and Brady would get on. I think there'd be a problem. With the kind of personalities they are, I can't see how that would work. And also with the kind of chip on his shoulder Rosen has, I don't mind it, but I can't see Belichick getting on board with it. But that would make sense. I think if you're the Buccaneers, if Jameis doesn't start the season well, I think you need to consider getting him in. Uh, You've got salary cap issues that are quite tight. Um, You haven't really got a a quarterback replacement. You've got Blaine Gabbert, who we've seen him in Tennessee, and (laughs) I don't really want to rely on the guy. And you've got Ryan Griffin, who's never played in the NFL, despite the fact he's a six-year veteran. Never played one snap. So a guy like Rosen, and he's cheap. So it's not going to impact your cap. That the only reason I think they won't do it now is because they've told Winston he's the guy. So getting a guy in is a bit of a kick in the teeth. But you know what? If if things with Winston aren't working out and you're probably going to release the guy, you might as well just piss him off and bring Rosen in and see what happens. I don't know. I think there's a few options still, but I don't think anyone is going to rush to pick up the phone. But if I was Steve Kine. I'm questioning why I've not had more calls, and mm. why I've not tried to actively trade him. Especially you, if you know you're taking Kyler Murray. Well, that's, that's the thing. is If you've known this for however long you've known, I would have been on the phone. I would have been trying to deal this kid. Do you think there's a possibility that they didn't know up until the very last, which is possibly why the war room looks so slow and broken? Because up until the I, moment the camera went live, they didn't have a Scooby what they were doing. And I'll tell you what, if that is the case, there's bigger problems. Because if you cannot make... You have known for three, nearly four months, you're the number one. So if you do not know that you're taking him, you've got bigger problems. I get that you might not have known day one, month one, month two. But you must have known in the last three weeks, two weeks. Barring a worldly offer for the one pick, you were going to take this guy. But anyway, I think it's madness... They've made their bed now. Steve Kime and Kyler Murray will forever be tied to each other until one, if not both of them, lose their jobs. Yeah. But Steve Kime is never going to come back from picking up, trading up to get Josh Rosen, trading a third and a fifth last year to get Rosen, not dealing Rosen to get more capital, then picking Murray, and now you've got both on your roster. And Rosen is... And now Rosen is worth... Less than he was yesterday. I guarantee you, if there's workouts on Monday, Josh Rosen will not be the first person in the building anymore. Why would he? (laughs) Exactly that. And if he didn't know, if they didn't call him until after they drafted Kyler Murray, then they've done that kid a disservice. If they told him before, and he knew before the evening, I'm not as upset with it, but if that kid watched Kyler Murray go and he didn't have a clue, that's a disgrace. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Right, Murph. We're up against the kosh. Well, let's flick through a few here. Cause... Tell you what we'll do. 
We'll do the Bucks pick at five. We'll talk about the Denver pick. We'll run through the rest of the draft, just tell you who did what. And then next week, we'll do a whole draft rundown of all three rounds and what we like. How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, you're up first. Bucks at five. They traded... De- no, I'm joking. The Bucks at five. <laughs> they went and got the best linebacker in the class, Devin White from LSU. Murph was excited about this on the chat earlier. Let me tell you. Yeah, I was. Might as well fill in the blanks. So Nick Bosa went two. Quentin Williams went three. Uh, to the San Francisco 49ers and the uh, Jets. Uh, Klenenfeld provided a shock um, and went at four to Oakland. And when a lot of people saw Josh Allen, uh, potentially there, or Ed Oliver, they passed on both and went for Klenenfeld. So then it left the Buccaneers with Devin White or Josh Allen to take. Uh, they went with Devin White. Uh, thoroughly excited. A lot of people are going to sit here and tell you about uh, inside linebacker is not an important position. It's not a position that drives the needle. It doesn't provide more wins. And it's not a position you should ever take this high. I think it's, I think he's the fourth or fifth uh, inside linebacker that's gone in the top ten, and none of them have gone in the top five for ten years or something like that. I don't care, and here's why I don't care. There were two linebackers in this class that were good, right? Devin White, Devin Bush. Outside of that, you'd argue that the rest of them probably aren't good enough to start many NFL games. Yeah, they're certainly not at a standard where you can plug and play them in day one. So you've got a class of two defense, uh, two linebackers. The Buccaneers are moving from a 4-3 to a 3-4. Their roster at the moment, they cannot fill inside linebacker position to the point where the players they are looking at was, if anyone watches Hard Knocks, Riley Buller was in consideration to start. That is how deep it is. Like That guy has just not played much football. We've signed some players that can go in there. Shaq Barrett was one, and he probably will still play. But we lost Quan Alexander, who was the leader of that team uh, from the linebacker core. You have got Devontae Bond, who or Devontae David, who or Levante David, who is um, starting to miss games. He's nearly thirty. He's running out of time, um, physical position. He's missed five games in the last couple of years. He'll probably miss some games this year. And you got Beckwith, who again is a player who might not return. He was in a freak accident. Um, he might never play football again. So there's no one there. So you need to pick a player who is not only going to start for your team in the position that you're moving to that you need players, but a guy who's almost going to captain your team, and this guy can do it. Phenomenal character, great player. No one doubts the ability. No. Um, sideline to sideline, he is unreal fast. Rapid. Um, and he's good because he, he doesn't always go for the tackle. He tries and moves round blockers. Instead of tackling them, flattening them, going in. Um, the guy gets sacks, believe it or not. So he was averaging five sacks a season at LSU. We love an LSU linebacker. It seems to be we always take them. Um, it's going to be a perfect fit. Um, the conversation was always Devin White. Um, Bruce Arians, when he came in for his visit, was, if you're on the board, you're the guy we're taking. So Devin White knew he was going to be the guy at five and he was going to be going to the Buccaneers unless someone jumped up and took him. So it's a great pick. It's going to be a great marriage. Uh, for me, it's a home run pick. I've said it before. Um, I'm really excited because you can't go and get a linebacker in round two, round three. No. Um, we still need defensive line help. We still need some secondary help. Um, we still probably need some O-line help. Maybe but they're, like all, they're all positions of more depth. Correct. And so, yes, you're not going to get an edge rusher like Josh Allen in the second round. I, I, I fully understand that. And I can even buy into the fact that an edge rusher is a more position of... Uh, 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 of strength in the fact of a better edge rusher is going to get you more wins than an inside linebacker. But if you don't have anyone in that position at all, and you're not going to be able to pick one up, you have to draft the position of need. 
and you have to draft a position of need where it's so thin. Because if you didn't get this guy, you didn't get Devin Bush, you weren't getting anyone. Yep. So I'm really happy. We knew for a while this was probably going to be the pick. I'm as excited for this pick as I was for when we got OJ Howard and also for when we got James Winston. You can argue the outcomes of where they've come from, but you couldn't deny that those times they were the right picks. And this for me, I think he's going to be a phenomenal football player for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. Defensive captain, indeed. So, the next pick we need to talk about, but we will do it next week. At six, the Giants took Daniel Jones. Let that pause sink in for a second. Then at seven, Josh Allen fell to seven, went to the Jags. Great pick for them. First tight end came off the board at eight. The Lions selected TJ Hawkinson. The Bills took Ed Oliver at nine. And then the Denver Broncos traded back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Broncos got the Steelers' second-round pick and third round from next year. And with that pick, the Steelers took Devin Bush, the other good linebacker. Now we, we, the Broncos, we could have, we didn't really need linebacker help. We drafted one last year. Devin Bush, like Devin White, is perennial talent, but we didn't need it. And obviously, Drew Lock wasn't the guy that the Broncos fancied at ten. Didn't like the board, what was there available, so traded back and did really well from it. Uh, we'll talk about their pick in can a minute. I, can I give a shout out here because this is I've not shared this with you. So. Put on Twitter about a week ago, I said, who would you like your team to draft? Right. Um, who would you like your team to draft with your pick? So tell me, you know, your pick, who you think it should be selected, what position? So Ethan Turner, you know, he was on the pod, yeah. you know, our injury expert, he tweeted an answer to this. Right, This is I'll read the whole tweet. So this was dated the 20th, so this was six days ago, 20th of, uh, 20th of April. Trade alert. With the ninth pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Steelers select Devin Bush Jr., University of Michigan quarterback. So he's out by one pick, but he predicted that the Steelers would move up and get Devin Bush. And that's probably because Shazier won't play football again. Because he's, he's a quality football player. Just yeah. unfortunate injury. and Well, he's getting stronger. You, you, you never say never, but it's a position of need for them. And this covers that in case... And as we sort of said, that there isn't many, there isn't any other linebackers in this yeah. draft you can go to. And if it's a position they need, it was Devon or bust. <laughs> yeah, they, listen, they've paid a high price for it. They've paid a high price. But if that is your weakness, and that's what's going to turn being one game short of getting in the playoffs to getting in the playoffs, then you have to support that decision. Um, I don't necessarily think they should have traded up that much, but they knew that the Bengals were going to take the guy at eleven. They knew it. They absolutely messed with the Bengals. The Bengals were going to go Devin Bush at 11. Absolutely no doubt in my mind that's who the pick was going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. But well done to well done to John Elway. Again, someone who probably doesn't get a lot of credit for drafts. But he, um, he had a good night last night. We did. We did. So at 11, uh, the <laughs> Bush was gone. So they took Jonah Williams, Cincinnati Bengals. That I like was. that pick. Yep. Then Green Bay took Rashawn Gary. Dolphins took Christian Wilkins. By the way, Christian Wilkins nearly wiping out Roger Goodell oh, that, might be yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Go, go check that video out because he nearly flattens him on the stage. Uh, where was it? Yeah, Chris Lindstrom at Atlanta for 14. 15, Washington Redskins took Dwayne Haskins. Great pick. Didn't have to trade to get their man. Unbelievable. 16, Carolina Panthers took Brian Burns. 17, New York Football Giants traded from the Odell Beckham. Uh, Cleveland Browns took Dexter Lawrence. <laughs> Yep, uh, 18, great pick this. Minnesota Vikings load their offensive line with Garrett Bradbury. 
The Titans took Jeffrey Simmons. We won't see him this year due to the ACL, but is a great pick for them. Now, Denver Broncos traded with the Steelers, and uh, Murph's boy Noah Fant was still there, and he's now a Denver Bronco. That is an unbelievable pick. Joe Flacco is tight end mad, and if you need a tight end who can move you up the field, Noah Fant is your boy. I love it for fantasy. I love it for NFL. I love it for the Broncos. I love it because Murph loves it. Love it. And we got a second round pick, Um, which I'm saying right now we're going to get Josh Rosen with. And a third round pick. Next year, yeah. But yeah, I mean, unbelievable. To get a player of his quality... I, I love no fan. I don't need to go on anymore. I, I, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm excited. I just, you know, again, you could sit there as a Broncos fan and say, well, we have this position to need, this position to need. Noah fan for me is an elite talent and he's a rare talent. Be excited. I'm just saying now, be excited. If you're a Broncos fan, be really proud that your GM not only traded back, not only got extra picks, but took a phenomenal football player. Like, it's big time. Oh, uh, hats off. I, I loved it. I, I couldn't believe it when I watched it. And I was like, yes, I love it. And I, I was I was happy for Denver because I thought it, it's, it's so nice when you get good teams get really good football players. And they for me, the only problem with the Broncos this year is I look at that offense and I think there isn't a lot of studs. There's a lot of solid players. A lot of players that you could look at and think, uh, you know, they... They're, they're good players, but you haven't got a lot of studs. You haven't got, you got, you know, I wouldn't call Lindsay a stud yet. I know he had a good year, but he went undrafted for a reason. Yeah, of course. Cortland Sutton, he could be a stud. Decent college pedigree. Yeah. Deshaun Hamilton is going to do the Emmanuel Sanders job. Joe Flacco's Joe Flacco. I mean, if they go and get Drew Locke, let's say he's still there when they pick, or if they go for Rosen and they get somebody, I mean, that offense could be good. And then you tie it up with a Vic Fangio defence and as we know Vic Fangio defence is I'm going to make a bold prediction right now here we now. go go on then later on in the draft yep. I think Denver are going to take Tyree Jackson I would love that I would absolutely love that imagine having in two years time Tyree Jackson and Noah Fant playing together <laughs> that would be unreal I might have to go get a Denver jersey <laughs> I'd love that that would be unbelievable it would be unbelievable right moving on the Charlie's Green Bay Packers at 21 Took Darnell Savage. Traded up to get Darnell Savage. Yeah, with the Seahawks. Oh, by the way, Pat, Fit- Pat Fitzmaurice, who was on our pod, if you haven't listened to that episode, it was a real hoop, go back. Absolutely lamented this pick. <laughs> he absolutely hated it. He was like, what are you doing? He was annoyed and... Fair play. Charlie, Charlie, I spoke to Charlie on this, and Charlie was like, look, at the end of the day, he was the guy that he wanted. You, Why don't you trade up and get him? You could have got him where you were. Well, they're thinking maybe not. And okay, fine. My big thing with it is, it's not that. I just think, for me, there are about three or four safeties that are not very far apart. And at this point, no safety had gone off the board. So unless they're absolutely well and truly in love with him, which I guess to trade up and get him, they, they were. Was it really worth it when you could have got one of three or four players? No, it wasn't. I I don't think so, but... If that's the guy they wanted, that's the guy they wanted. This trade-up, though, I think was much, much better. Yeah, so the Eagles traded up to 22 with the Ravens to get Andre Dillard offensive tackle, which then stuffed the Houston Texans at 23, who had to take Titus Howard. Well, they didn't have to take Titus Howard. No, they needed offensive help. and There were other players. There were other players. But this was the guy they liked. If you watched the coverage last night, uh, Ian Rappaport called it. 
right beforehand. He said there were two guys on their board. It was Andre Dillard, or don't be surprised if you see Tyus Howard go here. And that's exactly what happened. That's why he gets paid the big bucks, people. For sure. So at 24, Josh Jacobs, running back from Alabama, went to the Oakland Raiders. The Ravens then took Marquise Hollywood-Brown. We mentioned that earlier. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Marquise Brown. There are some players that just deserve better in life. And you're one of them. <laughs> and you're one of them. Just think, you could have gone to the Raiders. And all right, Derek Carr's not a huge upgrade, but at least he can throw a football. You know, you could have gone to a, you know, a number of teams. You could have ended up at the Patriots. And instead, you're ending up on a team with a guy who can't throw a football. So a guy who can't throw... It's basically John Ross 2.0. Yeah, that's fair. And how did John Ross get on last year? Pretty bad. Or John Brown, sorry, not John Ross. Well, John Ross was terrible, yeah. and John Brown did not do well at the Ravens. <laughs> well, he did well when Flacco was there. Yeah, but that's not who's there now. <laughs> no! So, I've seen this video. I don't need to see it again. <laughs> so, the Redskins came back in after training with the Colts. We mentioned that earlier. They took Love this Montez Sweat. Oakland Raiders at 27 took Jonathan Abram. 28, the Chargers took Jerry Tillery. Love Murph that called that in his mock. At 29, the Seahawks then took LJ Collier, defensive end from TCU. 30, the Giants, I don't mean, they came back in. They took DeAndre Baker. <laughs> Terrible move. thing is, he's got great tape. And, and arguably by the tape, you'd say he's the best corner in the class. But man, if it, it, you're talking about guys, there were two guys that absolutely bombed this process. Chikai Polite, mm. who was not a first rounder because he bombed the process. And DeAndre Baker, who would not have been a first rounder because he bombed the process. But Gettleman has clearly gone after his man. Ish. Either that, or he couldn't help himself. Because, do you know, Gettleman is used to having less than six picks in the draft. Ever since he's been a GM, he's never had, as an average, it's six picks a draft. Do you know how many picks before t- last night the New York Giants had in this draft? No. Twelve. Wow. Is that so a kid in a candy shop? Yeah. Like, so he's been like, right, I can't pick 12 times. I can't. I've never done it before. I don't back myself to last that long. So I'll start giving away picks. So he clearly he's just giving them away to trade up. Watch him trade up tonight. I'll make that prediction now. They're going to trade up and get someone. Here, have one of my picks. Yeah. Here, how many do you need? Two? Three? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Take what you want. <laughs> so we're talking we're of, just giving away stuff at the moment. The Falcons traded with the Rams up to 31 to get Caleb McGarry. Right, more, more O-line for yep. a team that had no O-line. Which is a good move. Uh, and then at 32, this is a great one. And Keel Harry went to the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick hadn't drafted a wide receiver high, and he's now ticked that one off his list. What's mental is, in our first ever mock draft, which I think we did about eight weeks ago. We took him at 32. It was the only pick we got right. Well, if, you know, a lot happens in eight weeks. It was before the combine. That's true. But Nikhil Harry to the Patriots is the one we got right. Yes. Well, let's, let's end it there. I mean, Rush Nation, look, we would have loved to have run through the draft of you completely. But, you know, standard Murph and I procedure... We got talking, the clock was ticking, so we gave you the takes on Kyler Murray, we gave you the Bucks fire those cannons at five, the Broncos traded down, Fance, my boy, it's been fun, Murph. I, we will next week break this down properly. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through all the picks, it's only round one, some players, some teams have taken uh, three players, some teams have taken one player, or most teams have taken one player, and you've got quite a few teams who have taken none, um, and shout out to the Chicago Bears for not picking until the 90-something pick. Um, so, you know, I hope um, teams like the Cowboys and the Browns and the Saints and the Bears and the Colts 
had a wonderful evening yesterday. <laughs> Tucked up um, on your sofas. Yeah, maybe you got in some uh, Xbox time you probably haven't had time to do or got the house cleaned, I, I don't know. But um, <laughs> we know that most of those fans will be enjoying tonight. And uh, yeah, Bears fans probably don't need to wake up. Um, <laughs> might as well just, do you know what I would do if I was a Bears fan? I'd just, you know, go to bed. Who are you going to be picking? It's late in the third round. Just tune in tomorrow watch the highlight uh, like saturday it's probably um, a three minute clip yeah well listen you might have some fun but um if i was a best fan i probably wouldn't stay up if i was a saints fan also only picking once yeah probably the same everyone else have a really good evening enjoy the draft um there's plenty of great talent on the board um expect to see players like Jawan taylor drew lock rocky sin greedy williams dk metcalf byron murphy uh, Nasir Adderley, Chase Vrenovic come off the board very early and I hope that you get what you wish for since it's Boxing Day and you should have more presents for sure the train is completely derailed Murph this has been a pleasure I will see you Tuesday for Rush Nation as always keep rushing HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 